Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Let's have our seats. God bless us all in the name of Jesus. So just to kind of say that we had a meeting last week and um, we would, the children would start to do their services um, for next week. But we would need help of the teacher of the parents, so they would give the Bible a Bible passage. That's but not just what they're doing; just exactly what we do here. Um, so please, parents, let us be more active, especially on the parents' group chats. Um, God bless us all in the name of Jesus Christ. So we. We started talking about the fear of God as God has ordered us to speak, has asked us to speak. And last week, I just wanted to, is that after the service, part of the prophecy that came out, God said that, he said he needed me, he wanted me to fast for three days. And pray for everyone listening that they will be able to maximize what has been taught. Amen. You know, so uh, I said that to say that if you hear that somebody was praying for you, it is better than you to pray for yourself. Does that make sense? God grant us grace in the name of Jesus. Amen. As we go through this series, just wanted to also let you know this, is that one of the things I wanted to just learn, know about God, is that God does not change his system because a system has been abused. People have the opinion that because a system has been abused, God should abandon it and walk away. He will rather deal with the individual. He doesn't quickly change his system. And we see this parading in our own generation now. The Bible may teach about honor, about respect in his household, and people have seen other men of God or women of God abuse people. So people think that you know, that system can be done away with. No, that's not what. Because he didn't do it for you. Because the day you sinned, if God were to say, if something goes wrong, you condemn that system, there will be no human being. The day Adam and Eve, had made a mistake, he will close the chapter of humanity. So God does not destroy systems because what he will do, I don't know how to, they say it in It's important that, like for example, if you have been used to a prophetic, someone gives you a prophecy and you have someone who constantly gives you bad prophecy and you say, ah, oh, no, prophetic people are bad. It is your opinion. God does not change his system because there are one or two bad prophetic people. It doesn't work that way. Now, the important thing you need to understand is that if you attempt to change God's system, and God, God approves it that you change the system because you are because you have issues about one or two things. 
that road is going to end in destruction. So the children of Israel said that, ah, Samuel, your children are bad. So we want, they didn't say they want another grace somebody else for us in the priesthood. They said, choose for us a king. What they did was, God agreed with them that children of Israel, children of Samuel was bad. But what they had for was a change of system rather than a change of, rather than a change of personal. Does this make sense? It is so that as we begin to discuss a couple of things, I try people feel that because I've been in a particular place or I've experienced certain things about you know church or you've had read something about church, you do, oh, churches are bad. It doesn't work that way. God does not. Just the same way, He would not stop humanity because of the fall of Adam, because of ah, when. You, this is how you would also, also understand God. Is that when Noah and his children, when they messed up, see, um, no, no, when Noah, when God, when the whole world was, and God wanted to uh, um, uh, wipe out the whole earth and leave Noah and his family, what if you were God, what would you do? You leave Noah and you take away his free will so that that same mistake will not happen. Because if you have free will, that's when you can choose to sin. But if I take it away and turn you to a robot, there will be no opportunity for you to sin. But God, rather than that, wiped up the whole earth and still kept the system he created. Does that make sense? Because it will help us, especially as Christians, as you begin to navigate the word of God and navigate how God, so, you know, it is not all kind of people call for protest and say, no, cancel the system. God doesn't work that way. Because the way he sees it is that he needs to be consistent. So if he had done that for you, he would do it for you. Okay, for another example, is that why would God not just destroy the devil? Why would he still just give him time to roam around? The same reason why he's giving you time it's the same reason why he's giving them time. Because it's just. But as human beings, we don't agree with that system because we're like, ah, no, no, we can't do it. You, the devil is bad. The problem is that God doesn't have, once he creates a system, that is why the rain will fall, Jesus said the rain will fall on both the good and the bad. God does not change his system because somebody is bad. And can I say that before we just move on? That is the God you want to serve. The God that does not change his mind at every event that happens. Imagine if God said, Ah, you people have been bad. I suspend gravity. Tomorrow you'll be walking on your head. Tomorrow you be... The only reason why you can invest, why you can sow in the ground. The Bible says, as long as the heart seed, as long as the heart remains, seed time and harvest. What it's saying is that the reason why you can plan is because God is faithful. If God is not faithful, you can't plan. Because you don't know if you are going to, if tomorrow it will all be dark and there will be no light. You don't know if, do you get what I'm saying? So at times, people accuse God of what is actually benefiting them. But because we are not taught it well, I say, ah, God, why don't you just change your mind and just do things? Because, ah, 
If I change my mind at every time, <laughs> you yourself, go, you will not like yourself. Because I can decide today you'll be living on the water, tomorrow you'll be living on the God grant us grace in the name of Jesus. So I just wanted to just say that general. Now, one of the things we discovered about the fear of God, one of the challenges that humanity had, is that at times we do not, um, our perception of how God's glory or how his power should be felt in a place is that at times we, um, we are not, it is not every time that is as visible. So when, when the children of, of um, or when Aaron, Aaron himself, when Aaron walked into the, into the tabernacle anyhow, into the holies of holies, and God said, tell your brother that you should stop walking back and forth anyhow, anytime he chooses. The problem was that Aaron did not know God was there because when God normally appears, he comes in a cloud. But the day where he didn't see a cloud, he thought it was okay. So, what I'm trying to say is that we'll be seeing that one of the challenges that when it comes to honoring God and fearing God is that people do not really understand how and where to fear him. People expect that it is when you see an explosion. That is where you think that God is there. At times, by the time you see that explosion, it, it is too late. So the Bible says in John chapter 19, sorry, chapter 1, verse 9 to 7, the Bible says, now this was talking about you. He said, the true light that gives light to everyone coming to the world. The Bible says the world, it was in the world, and though, and, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. So imagine somebody who is, who gave you, okay, I, I used to say this. For those who kind of know what I'm talking about, you know, you, you, you um, who have been in Nigeria, well, there is this station called Ray Power. I don't know if they are from Sunday now. But there is this called Ray Power. And there was this man that was broadcasting from America then. His name was Kenny Ogumbe. Um, those who know him, um, Kenny Ogumbe and things like that. You know, then Kenny Ogumbe and Dion. So, you know, we used to listen to them, they broadcast from America and those kind of, because it was on the radio. So I can remember there was a night that they said they were going to come. And they were going to show them on AIT and things like that. So when I saw, I think it was first Kenny Kube that came. When I saw Kenny Kube on TV, I was like, is this the same man that speaks on it? Because you thought that he was one young, yuppie person. But when you see this barbacity on the you'll be like, ah. See, what I just like, if, even though I have been listening to Kenny Ogube, if Kenny Ogube had walked past me, I would not have known he was present. Does that make sense? So the Bible says that even though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. That is the problem, that's the first problem with people who do not, who do not know, know God. The second problem with people who know him is that he came to he came to that which was his home, but they did not receive him. One did not recognize him. The other one did not receive him the way he ought to be received. So, this second category know him. They can recognize him, but they feel that they can welcome him anyway. It doesn't really matter. Does that make sense? 
So the world did not recognize him. But his own, know him. But the issue is not knowing God. It is how do you honor him? How do you honor him? And that is the way we will not be talking about. See, when God is asking people to fear him, most of the time when you see two scriptures, he's not talking about people who are unbelievers. He's actually talking about people who are close to him. And you will see the reason why that is. The Bible says that in Romans, the Bible says, although they knew him, they, although they knew God, they, they neither glorified him as God. So that means they know him as God, but their response towards him does not match it. So as God is saying, talking about the fear of God, one of the issues he's having is not that do you know God or not? Are you acknowledging him as who he is? Can you imagine the people of Israel, God parted the Red Sea. He brought them out of um, um, what's it called? He put them out of, he put them with the, with, with the cloud of and fire and things like that from Egypt. And they go to the wilderness. And Aaron made a calf. And Aaron said, let's go to Exodus. And the Bible says he took what they had handed, you handed him, and he made it into an high door and cast it in front of a, a calf and fashioned it, fashioned it with a tool. They, then they said, these are your gods, O Israel, that brought you out of Egypt. <laughs> Does that not sound? He's saying that this thing now is the God that brought you out of Egypt. The problem is that they, it's not that they don't know that God brought them out, but the respect they are giving God, they are giving the respect they give to idols to God. And this has always been the heartbeat of God, is that as people get used to his environment, they begin to misplace or give, you know, they begin, and at times as we discover, the, the, in, the level as which the glory of God increases in a place, so also is the need for his fear extremely important. And the problem is that we are people are taught a particular way of honoring God or respecting him. Isaiah, Jesus also said this, but Isaiah said, said this. I put the two translations. This is the NIV, NIV and this is the um, uh, revised version. The Bible says, I said, these people come near me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. He said, their worship of me is based on mere human rules they have been taught. When you read the ESV, he calls it, he said, and their fear of me. So what God is saying is that your worship is measured by how much you fear him. You cannot worship God well except you understand how to fear him. 
except you understand how to hear it. And as God reveals himself to people, see, at times one of the issues is that while God is trying to communicate to us, we, there is a tendency of we missing out on the weight of his glory. So God said that he knows the number, he hung the stars. And if you're going to travel from this world by plane to the stars, it will take you about maybe 900 and something years to get the, the star that you're looking at. That is the same thing that you gather and use, you gather to worship. The same one that said that all the waters of the heart, I put it in my palm. Do you know the rivers? How big, where you collect all the rivers? I think it was, I can't remember what, I think it's a thought of the, of the heart surface that is water. So, the thought of the whole planet, somebody has it in his palm. There was a man called Thomas Aquintas. The Aquintas, he was, he, he's a famous writer. He wrote about God's glory. He wrote about, he was 18th century. He wrote about, now, what was, there was one of his books that he could not finish as he died. He could not too long he died. And his friends told him, he said, finish this book. You've written so many. People are reading. What they did not know is that God took him and he saw a revelation of God. And the Bible, sorry, he said that, this was, he said, the head of my labor has come. All that I have written appears to be as such, as, as, as so much straw, after the things that they revealed to me. What he's saying is that he has been writing a lot of books that people have been buying in terms of what he's seen in Bible and what I, the knowledge of God. But the day God now said, let me go and show you the original thing. Come and see me in my glory. By the time he came, he could not write again. He said, I discovered that all I have been writing it, it doesn't make sense. So he ended his career at that point. What glory did he see? Which measure of Christ did he see? That the Bible will say, Paul will say that there are certain things I cannot, I cannot tell you. Because the problem is that you do not have the right words to express it. I have shared this with us. Let me use light as an example. The Bible says that when God comes, when the judgment, when, when God comes, the Bible says that the sun will be dark. I can, my little knowledge and my understanding of scriptures 
the sun will not be dark. Is that they will turn the sun down? Okay, let me put it this way. When Paul was going to Damascus, he was, the Bible says he was at noonday. He said, I saw a light that is more brighter than the sun. So, that light will make the sun look dark. I do you get what I'm So, the level of light would cast a shadow on the sun so that the sun itself will look like that. Now, the reason why this man could not speak again is that this thing that you're looking at, we can say that this thing that we are seeing is um, gold or brown and things like that. And I've said to us that this thing that you're calling, um, for argument's sake, let's call it brown, it's not brown. The reason why you are saying it is brown, it is the light that is, you are seeing it based on the dimension of light. When we switch up this place now, this thing that you're looking at, it will be black. So what I'm trying to say is that when you now take this thing into heaven, and you are seeing it through the, through the light of God, you will not be able to tell in natural language what color it is. Because the color that you will see, you have not seen it on earth. Because the light that is operating under is greater. Does this make sense? That's why when the Bible will say that when you get to heaven, there will be no sun. God himself will be their light. Because the dimension of light at that place, it will be irrelevant to you sun. So the Bible, so this man was saying that after I had what I have seen, then we all this I see God in the God is in his glory, actually all those kind of things. You discover that those things are language that has been suppressed so that you and I can understand. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. So, as we begin to dive into the fear of the Lord, it is important that fear of the Lord is balanced. The teachings of fear of the Lord is balanced. There is a, a teaching, you know, you know, you can teach the fear of the Lord and not, how do I put it now, not put it in the right perspective. Now, let's see how Jesus put it. Let's go to Luke, please. Luke chapter, Jesus started by saying, my friends, what is he saying that we, we are Padizu? He now said, do not be afraid of those who will kill the body, and after all cannot do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him after he has killed, he, after, after your body has been killed, has the authority to throw you into hell. But see how he started friend. He now said, yes, I tell you, 
fear him. Jesus now went on and said, Are, there, are, are, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet, yet not one of them is forgotten, my God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are numbered, are all, are all numbered. Do not be afraid. You are worth more. Now, does this all sound contradictory? He's saying that he can kill you and throw you away. Yet, he's saying that you are more valuable. What he's saying is that when the children of God get to understand the fear of God, he draws them, he draws them closer to God. He doesn't make them wrong. Does that make sense? Amen. That is why you would see the scriptures talk about uh, Romans chapter 11 verse 22. The Bible says, therefore consider the kindness of God and, his, and the kindness and the sternness of God. It goes side by side. As God is loving, so also he rebukes his people. So also he rebukes them. The Bible says that therefore since we have received a godly kingdom, let us have grace by which we can serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Grace and fear is the same thing. So basically what this scripture is saying is that you and I cannot serve God acceptably except we begin to learn to fear. And we discussed generally about fear last week, the fear of God last week, but we are looking more about the context of what God calls sacred. Context of what God calls sacred. And his house is key as far as God is concerned. This is the way God operates. When he puts his name somewhere, is as good as him standing there. Let me put it also this way. If you go to parliament and they're carrying the, what's it called? Even when the king, when you go to, um, when the queen of England is not going to a place and they want to go, you will see that they bring a staff of office. That staff is the same is almost like equivalent of the authority that he carries, that, or you know, that the king carries. So what God does is that there are, that is why you would see that in the tabernacle, when Moses or whatever it, um, Aaron's student misbehaved, it was as the same as disrespecting God. That is why Timothy said, you know, with alluded to the but just wanted to call him more on it this week. Timothy alluded to say, saying that he said. If I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in the house of the Lord. There is a way that the Bible requires that people conduct themselves in the house of the Lord. And one of the things is that people get so excited, which is great. God loves that. 
about the works he's doing, but in that same position, he expects you to fear him. He expects you to fear him. You would see the scriptures when you read about Ananias and Sapphira. In Acts chapter, just down, Acts chapter 5, if you read, um, we don't have it up, but from verse 4, you discover that there was a man that wanted, that bought something, and the thing that they bought, um, he gave it, and the disciples called him the child of encouragement. So the Bible now says that now a man named Ananias, together with his wife, Sarah, sold a piece of property with his wife's full knowledge. And he kept back, and he kept back part of the money for himself, but bought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Let's go on. Bible says, then Peter said, Anas, he says, he says, how is it that Satan has filled your heart, with the, filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and kept? some of, and kept yourself some of the money you received for the land. Did it not belong to you before you before it was sold? After it was sold, was it not your, was it not the money you're at your disposal? Why do you think of doing such a thing? You have not just lied to human beings, but to God. <coughs> Please note that it is not the money that was issued. That's why I said it was your money. You did not need to come and lie. If you said this is the only amount I have, it's okay. But what they were looking for was how they were seen before people. And one of the greatest things that causes a man to stumble before God in the house of God is when you are more concerned about how you are seen. And may he never be our portion in the name of Jesus Christ. You see places where people go and rent cars to come for anniversary. Yeah, Thank God for what do you call it? Six. Uh, you know, there are some ones that you read that is very discreet. They don't have it. You go to your shop, you go and buy the gold and you return back next time. To come and... Their issue was that they were concerned about how they looked before people. And he said, was it not who forced you? I am not saying we will get there. This is not to say I don't care what people think. No. Is that when your aim is to prove. See, one of the things in this fold, why we started off before we came to this lovely place where we have different dimensions of prayer gap. The desire of the founding fathers of the faith is that everybody wears the same prayer gown so that nobody will be able to identify who you are or the class which you belong to. Oh, thank God. 
<laughs> for baby lace <laughs> and, and mommy lace. <laughs> There are so many, and this is, you begin to see that there are certain things that the, the fathers taught and they said, you know, this is what, so that the hunger of God will not come. Let everybody be comfortable. I don't care what car you drove in. When we gather here, we are brothers and sisters. A pastor was, I was trying to, um, a pastor was, was called to come and minister at a place. So they gave him the invitation. But the invitation was, looks a bit weird. But he, maybe he prayed about it and got it, he should go. When he got here, there, he was in this country. From what I heard, he was somewhere in Canary Wharf. When he entered the hotel room, he was in the hotel room. So they were A-class celebrities. Know, all the celebrities that you see, and they said, oh, We are having service, we're ready to worship with us. We've listened to your sermon, next one. So the man has said, Why is it that you cannot come to, to the churches? Why are you gathering? He said, The problem is that when we step into the church, we are coming to look for God. But every church member will carry phone and begin to snap us. Why we too? We want to be like them. Once we walk through that door, we are the same. But they will now want to get autograph. They will want to start to get, and they'll be like, we, we should dissolve before the glory of God. We are all the same. But our experience has been that when we, it is difficult for us to come to church. Is it Kobe Byrne that died? He normally comes to church. He goes to his church. I think it's a Catholic church or something that he goes to before he died. He said they would make, is it that he comes very early in the morning, stand before the Pope uh, and pray, and the priest will come and anoint him and this, and he goes. Or he comes, he's the last person that comes into the church, and they find a seat for him at the back in such a way that once he finishes, he leaves. Because if everybody knows he's in that place, the whole service will have ended. Pastor will just be shouting. Everybody will be queuing to get autographed. And so the man said, they said to him, the problem we are having about churches is that we understand when we are outside is part of the job that everybody wants to take. But when I come into my house, when I'm in my house, our family house, my child does not rush out to say, Daddy, can I take a picture with you? Daddy, can I get autograph? So the same way I expect my brothers and sisters in Christ, that when I enter into a place, they just say, how are you? And they say, and they face their front and do what they have come to do. I do not agree with it, but some of these churches that, like I said from the Korean, the, the pastors have to arrange special exits for them. Because once they come to church, that's the end of it. So, what I'm trying to say is, 
they were concerned about how they are seen. How they are seen. And he said, but you had the right to, you know, the problem is that, and that was what he pointed to. When they were leaving the house, they would have said, ah, we will just tell Peter this. But what they did not realize is that in the gathering of the church, it is not Peter you are talking to. Even though you are not talking to God, you are not saying God in the name of Jesus, you are talking to Peter. There is somebody there standing. I was speaking to a man of God um, he said he was asking me about that they want to do some function in their church and he's now, he's now, he's now worried. I said, what happened? Because he was preaching about the fear of God just like, you know, I think some weeks back. And he said, God opened his eyes and he saw this big angel standing in the church. He said, ah, we cannot hit again this place. <laughs> and this guy, because, see, at times it's because you, some of us are so accustomed to it. So the Bible says, the man was struck down by God and he died. The wife also did the same. She got the same fate. The Bible says, let's go on please. The Bible says, great fear seized the whole church. And all who heard about the events. When they heard that God struck somebody in the church, everybody sat up. Now, these are the same people that when they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the anointing was flowing. They were still excited, but they got so much excited that they failed to realize that even within that mist, you need to hunger. So, and this is, you will see this event coming back and forth. Let's come on, please. The Bible says, after that, miracles began to happen. Because, and I will show you that the higher the glory in a place, the more you need to be, be careful and respect God. You would see that on occasions, there might be services where God will say, let nobody be walking around. Because the dimension of the glory that you have in a place at the time will determine how you respond within that environment. So the Bible says that the, the wonders and people believed. The Bible says that no one dare joined them. That means that everybody that now wanted to join the church, they had to count the cost. Like Jesus said, count the cost before you come here. And the Bible says that nobody dared join them. He said, even though they were highly regarded by the people, nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to the number. That does not mean that people will run. It just means that when people join the church, they know what they're joining. Then you will not have people that you will be saying, hey, stop doing that. Hey, stop the numbers. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. What we saw there is that as the fear of the Lord grew, 
sorry, as the glory of the Lord increased, the fear of the Lord needs to be on the increase. At times, people think that because they do not see the activities of God striking people quickly, they think God is, he understands what's going on. Number one, it is for your benefit. And you see it, as we saw in our hearts, that God strikes quickly than he delays it. When people say, God, deal with my enemies. God, beg me. What you don't know is that you are actually looking for a way out for them. Because if God deals with them now, they have the chance of repenting afterwards. But if God packages their sin, the world they are sin, till eternity, there is no room for them. So when God deals with somebody here, it's because he loves that person. That's why he's dealing with them here. God can understand in the name of Jesus Christ. So, you would see that the Bible talks about, we read earlier, about the children of Ai, that as they, as they went to go and give God an offering that God did not accept, the fire that God did not the light, God struck them immediately. The same place you had the children of Ai committing adultery, and yet God did not do anything until later. Why is that? Amen? Amen. Do you think that that is unfair? That some people just did one event and God struck them. And there were some people who were doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it and God was allowing them Let's go on to um, So, the Bible says, um, at that time, I, um, okay, God, the, the Lord, the Lord said to Samuel, see what I'm about to do. I'm about to do something in Israel that will make everyone, every, that, that will make the ears of everyone who hears his tingle. At that time, I will carry out. I will, I will carry out against Eli everything I have spoken against his family from beginning to the end. Now he was saying that they were misbehaving. They were they were mis, they were treating things wrongly in the house of God. Now the the reason why God delayed it. I would let's go to, to um, yeah. The Bible says Samuel ministered before the Lord. Under Eli, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. The Bible says, and there were not many visions. In the place where the manifestation of God is, is minimal, you will see prolonged opportunities for people to do whatever they want to do. Does that make sense? So when the word of God is, that is where, hmm, tell people, at times you need to be careful in different churches generally. I'm not talking about even doing something wrong. The higher the word of God in a place, the more dangerous that place is. 
why you can see certain things are happening in certain environments. And it seems as if God has forgotten them. He has it too. It's just that he's waiting for the right time. But there are certain environments that if you do it now, 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 quick, quick. Now, the difference in the days of Haiti and the days of Moses was that Moses was teaching, the teachings of Moses was raw directly from God. The glory in that place was stronger than in the days of Haiti. So in the days of Haiti, there was less, the visions was coming, but was just, here and there. The word of God was, was coming, but you know, you hear what today, you don't hear tomorrow. You, you know, you do uh, you know, you know, God is God understands, you know, all these kind of things, you know, all those kind of environments. People would think that I can do so many things, I get away with it. So that is what I wanted to point out is that the, the, the glory and the word of God in an environment is proportionate to the level of fear you have in that kind of environment. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus. That is why in the days of, because the Holy Spirit just came, it was still fresh. When Ananias and Zephyrus came to come and misbehave. So at that fresh season, it was quick, quick response. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That's why at times when temperature of an environment, the churches get to a point. God is an around. Because at that time when the when God's what I'm trying to say to us is this. We need God's word, but you should also understand that as you are getting it from whatever way you are getting it, I'm not talking about here. You need to understand that so also is the rest is the requirement of God over your life. Let's go with it. You know that, you know one thing that God said about our generation? Do you know the prophecy that the Bible gives? He said there shall be famine of the world. It's not that there will not be world, but he said the real one, there will be famine everywhere. So the lower the world, the quality of the world, the prolonged time of judgment, which in essence is not good for the people. Because people would think that they are okay until they wake up in eternity and discover that what they are doing is wrong. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus. Psalm 50. David said, The wicked person says, but to the wicked person, God says, what right do you have to recite my laws or take my covenants on your lips? You hate my instructions. You cast my words behind you. Let's come on, please, verse 21. The Bible says that it says, when these things, when, when, when you did these things, I kept quiet. You thought I was exactly like you. Some people say that. God has not I say, God has not warned me about certain things. Me and God, we are still on the same level. That person has taught God to become their level. 
person has turned God to become their level. I'll be too calm to their own level. As we run this form, I just wanted to walk with you know, Generally, we're just talking about the fear of God. And, like I said, is that your attitude in his gathering, how you how you prioritize his, his own, his own, his, 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 what he calls his own compared to yours. Let's even just look at, because of our time, let's just look at Malachi, let's go down to Malachi. He says, a son honors his father, a slave his master. If I am your father, where is the honor due to me? If I am, if I am a master, where is the respect due to me? Says the Lord Almighty. It is you, priest, who show contempt for my name. You ask how? He said, how, how have we shown contempt for your name by offering defiled food on my altar? You asked, but you asked, how have we, def how have we defiled you? by saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. It wasn't that they were not offering food. They were offering defiled ones. He now went on, he said, he says, no, he said, he said okay, let's sorry. Bible says, when you offer blind sacrifices, and is that not wrong? When you offer lame or diseased animal, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Or would he accept you? Says the Lord Almighty. What God is saying is that the way you are behaving in church, go and behave like that at all. You're worthless. What you cannot do for your boss, don't do it to me. So people, when they are going to their office, they dress nicely. When they come to church, it's as if somebody said, please branch there. And... As far as they were concerned, because they were not dealing with God directly, they were just doing things in his house. See, there was a day I was, okay, because, Jenna, this is where God has, you know, I'm, I'm also learning. When we were during COVID, for those of us who were, who were around, when we were using the hotel, I was not, we don't, if you've been in church for long, we don't, there is no emphasis on money or things like that. So what I, what I did, what I did then was that I, I, um, I said that, you know, we will collect offering. But we'll collect it after the service. I don't know if anybody can remember it. We'll collect it after the service. I said, but I said, but I said, but see, what will happen is that we'll put a bag at the back. If you have any offering to give, just drop it there and go after the service. Two days later, and God said to me, said, who are they dropping money for at the back? <laughs> he said, even if it's one P. I'm not interested in what they bring. But even if it's one P, they do it with honor. Don't tell them to just drop money at the back. For who? He said, if you have honor for me, you will not tell people to be dropping money at the back. 
when they create a type of offering, they, it is you are honoring God. It's Bible says, honor God with your substance. So when, please note, and let me lay the emphasis well, God was, when God was dealing with me that day, he wasn't talking about what they were giving. He was talking about how they were giving it. That was when I said, okay, we'll begin to do, we'll go back to the normal process and people give. Because I don't say that, you know, it's just offering. Because I said, okay, no, it doesn't work that way. You cannot, and, and that, is what, that is what God was. He said, go and give it to your boss. Treat your boss that way and see if he will still keep your job by that night. So what you, because again, this is God just trying to, trying to make them understand because he is far greater than their government. But he's saying, well, just go and try it. And I would be honest with us. Because we are talking about the fear of God. Your attendance. If you were behaving like this at your workplace, would you still keep your job? If each time the weather changes, I'm not coming with you. Will you still be at your workplace? That's what God was saying to them. The way you would treat your boss, because he finds it as disrespect. That's what he said. They were offering him something, and he said, let's come on, please. He says, oh, that one of you would do me a favor and shut the doors of the temple. Carry your stuff and get out of this place. That's what he said. He said, so that, so that you will not um, so that you would not light useless fire on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty. I will accept no offering from your hands. My name will be great among nations. From, from where the sun rises and it sets. In every place where, in, where, 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 in every place, place incense and pure offerings will be brought to my name. Because my name will be great. Among others. What he's saying is that it is the people that respect me and fear me that I won't take something from them. There are so many offerings that, hey, just, just bring it like that. God is, <laughs> as far as God is concerned, it is not in his account. It is in the account of your pastor. Oh, sorry, the church. Indeed, that offering is already starting now. If a servant of God is loves that person, he will say, pack your things. Thank you. Return it home. Because as far as God is concerned, God is saying, please shut the door. I'd rather have the place empty than to have people turn up and treat me as, as though they are here to do me a favor. Hallelujah. We are reading Bible. <laughs> I told you, I said, there was a day God told me, he said, not here, just generally. He said, most people are worshiping money. 
said, although they claim to be worshipping me, they are worshipping money. And he said, because it is because they are getting paid at work and their livelihood depends on it. That is why they are behaving. But in a place where they are not paying them, have you heard this statement before? Ah, no, so, just all for me. You are not paying me now. So, see, I, you don't say to no, no, you cannot be, you cannot be cheating me that way. You, are you paying me? It's important that we understand the humble truth is that it's not every offering that God accepts. There are so many offerings that God has rejected. You can be dancing in church. He doesn't care. He had said it, shut the door. When you finish dancing, please pack your things and go. God is saying this so that you can enjoy him and have the best. He is not scolding us. Because, because why he's saying this is because he knows that some of us are not aware of certain things. And whereas what God is saying is that just the way you will not treat your office in a particular way, please do not treat my house that way. Because he actually sees you at your workplace. Ah, that's the job that was part of it. I used to wonder, <laughs> people who wash toilets as their daily, daily living, when I get to church, when I say, why are you, why is the toilet like that? You'll be like, ah, hey, God, no, you know, that is what you do for a living. I mean, that's not even the issue. The issue is that at times we would have washed the toilet, because I used to watch the toilet, which I watched the toilet on this, and maybe somebody did something wrong. I suppose say, this is what I don't like about this place. See how the whole toilet is messed up. This, and that, and that, you'll be like, ah, ah. This person talking, that is what they do for a living. And the people that are laboring in that toilet are either working in banks or in places that, you get what I'm trying to say, and that is not the excuse. But what I just thought is that, at least you will say that this thing I do it, in mind, I do it for free, I do it somewhere else, why can I not do it there? And you see people who, who you know, uh, people who, who when they are at home, they sweep their house, they sweep everything, they clean their house, but when they get to the house of God, tell them to do it, they'll be like, oh, excuse me, please, don't, 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 don't insult me. I beg of you, Learn to fear God. Before I move on because my time is almost gone. If you want to see the more of God, you should learn to fear Him. If you have a flexible wire, I don't know if you say flexible wire, not when you they call flexible wire in this country. They call flexible wire in Nigeria. That thing wire. Okay. I don't know. Flexible wire. Ah, okay. Everybody's, everybody's a logician. That's what we call flexible wire. <laughs> that is a, a very, I don't know how to put it, but it's just a very tiny cable like that. The amount of power and electricity you can bring into the house is very limited. But if you want to bring, if you want to power a whole building, 
you need big cables. But the more you power a whole building, the more dangerous that building can be if you misbehave. Does that make sense? God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. And that is where, as I draw this to a close, is that God loves us to be excited about his presence. He wants you to be, to want to be in his presence. But he wants you to do it according to the way he orders you to do it. All this, serve God anyhow, do God anyhow, God has said, that is human teaching. That has to be God. Let's look at, sorry. Sorry, Michelle. Okay, thank you, Mom. Now, okay, just quickly, when they brought the Ark of Covenant back to Israel, when the Ark of Covenant was taken, they called it a cupboard, which means the glory has departed. So when the Ark of Covenant came back, that signifies that the glory of God returned. Now, the people that carried the Ark of Covenant, the unbelievers, they carried the Ark of Covenant on a cart, and they brought it in, and there was nothing wrong with the Ark of Covenant. Now, the people of Israel now went to go and carry, bought a new cart. The Bible says that, it says, what he first of all did there was that, um, um, you know, the Bible says Solomon said, I'm sorry, David said to the whole assembly, they agreed to bring back the Ark of Covenant. And the Bible says they did it because he was right. They see, the people saw that he was right. So it was a good thing for them to bring back the Ark of Covenant. Let's go up this way. Or is it? Now, if we go to verse 7, the Bible says that they moved the Ark of Covenant from Abinadab's house to, on a new cart with Uzziah and Hyrule The Bible says David and all the Israelites were celebrating with all their might before God. So they planned it. And when they were celebrating God, they were celebrating him with all their might. Yet God struck. Because excitement, hyping an environment, does not mean God approves of it. Does not mean God approves of it. When we go to the second Samuel, just quickly, please, man. The Bible says that the hand of the hunger of the Lord burned against Uzziah because of his in, in, in reverent acts. That means that what happened was that in the midst of the excitement, mm. somebody did not fear God. Mm. They felt that because all that matters is that as long as I enjoy doing it, as long as it, it excites me, then God is God is saying thumbs up. It doesn't work that way. The Bible says, because of an irreverent heart. Why did they bring a new cart? Because that was the way the world was bringing it. Can I just say to us, there are certain things that you will see in the world do that God forbids in his house. 
You will say, oh no, it's one of those things that they are doing out there that is making, that is, that is, that is, you know, uh, that is still doing a lot of things. As far as God is going to, if you try it in his house, it will be trouble. There's a sad event going on in our food when people are using a laga to collect money in the university. I think they go and rent a laga. Who would you the laga that used to do? They now go and rent them professionally. They will now wear garments. And I stand before the podium to raise offering. Yet money will come. But as far as God is concerned, it's not who are not seeing it physically. It is they begin to see the effect in their life also. I'm not saying just generally. There are so many things that people are doing. And because it makes sense, what are we trying to do? We are trying to, we are trying to, uh, we are trying to, uh, Peter, we are trying to, we are trying to raise money. That is the point. So as long as the money is raised, it doesn't matter how we came. I beg you by the message of God. It is not everything that you see outside that is applicable in his house. I was part of a group one day. They were thinking of doing after school coaching or something like that. So summer coaching for children that wanted to GCSE or things like that. So they now said, we're having a meeting, we had planned it. And they said, tell us how this thing will be making profit. And I said, the problem I have with that comment is that in this place, called the house of God. It is not profit. I said, if you start it here, it will die. Say, if you take it outside, it will work. But in this environment, this is not a profit. I said, no, but at least you'll be consuming electricity. We want you at least break even. I said, this is how God works. By the time you have so many children that some parents can not be able to afford, and you are teaching them, God will bless somebody else in the church that has no relevance to what you are saying. And say, yeah, I have this money. Not even towards the the million that is doing, just take that money and say, God needs my heart to bless the church. You see that that money will eventually bless what you are doing. But to say that we are doing this, we must gain this profit on this particular project now, it is not in the house of God. Let's pray. Dancing step. way they do it. Thank God. If you do it in the house, we're in trouble. Dressing. This is the latest they are wearing outside. Don't wear it inside this. It is appeal. As God is saying, the problem was that they were excited. Maybe you want to look good. They said, ah, this is how we dress in the modern kingdom. And let us come to the church. Let's come and show off God's glory. <laughs> God is saying, if you try it, you're in trouble. 
They can be doing it outside, but not in my house. The Bible says, because of his irreverent heart, we will not go there. What now happened was that David had to go and call the children of Levi and say, you are the one that God has said that you should be carrying it. We felt that we can improve and modernize this thing. Say, but please, take what God has called you to do. It's important that you know, and as we draw this to a point, in the house of God, there is only one person, there is only one audience, that is God. If you please everybody, and you displease him, you have not done anything. Amen. I say one day I was I was in it, I was in the place I was in the worship. I didn't really like the song, so they were doing praise and they were doing praise and worship, and I was sitting down. And I can imagine, I can remember that day. And God said, "They are singing. You are sitting down." I said, and I was like, "I don't really feel that song." He said, "The problem is that they are not singing for you. You don't feel the song." It doesn't matter. Who cares if you don't feel the song? They are singing for me. You are saying they are singing of me. It's, don't get me wrong. We improve on ourselves. But what I'm trying to say is that it is not for you to now sit down and say, let them be doing what they are doing. Because that was what I was doing that day. It was, in, it was, not in, it was in, a, in a different church. They, they were doing an anniversary and they were singing. Those songs were just everywhere. I just said, no, I've come from my church. I'm tired. Let me just sit down. And everybody was sitting there and dancing, and I go say, ah, hello. <laughs> mm, I just tell him, I said, I said, how oh, I wish I could can hear at times the way God speaks to me. He said, ah, you are sitting down. Then you will end up by saying, before your great, 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 great grandfather was created, I was. How dare you sit down? Immediately. I was sitting and dancing. I was people were thinking, ah, you know, maybe you just enjoy this song. I don't enjoy this song. <laughs> I do not enjoy this song. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus. What does this do to us? We have this scripture that we normally say, to whom much is given, which is important. And we at times look at it to say, God has given you a lot of things in your life. So God expects a lot. Yes, there's an element of truth in that. But let's just look at that scripture, just two scriptures down, please. Down now. Um, okay, what are, yeah, let's just. The Bible says, the servant who knows, now I have elected, the servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready, does not get and get ready and does not do what the master wants will be beaten many blows. Why? Because he knows. He now said, but the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten few blows. He said, from everyone who much has been given. Now what is the more that has been given given? The knowledge of God that has been imparted to you. That's why I said, the more you know, the more God demands from you. The less you know, it's not that you will not be punished, but you will understand that. Please note that I did not say the more you understand. 
He said, the one who knows. When you're in an environment that the world is taught constantly, what you don't know, in the same vein, is that if you mess up, you'll be accountable to the level of world you have had. Amen. Amen. The last scripture we're going to do is we're going to close. I picked this from the living Bible. He said, you must not treat me as common and ordinary. Revere me, hallow me, for I, the Lord, made you holy to myself. I rescued you from Egypt to be my own people. I am Jehovah. Do not teach me. Treat me as common. At times, most of the time, is that if you don't treat God as God, if you treat him, if you give him a honor like you give any other thing, it is disrespect. Because what you have done, you have treated him. Some of us, we have not literally disrespected God. But we just say that, you know, oh, no, he's just, I'm just in a place. It's okay. Let's just do what we have to do and get out of here. You have treated the him as the same way you treat every other place. So God is saying, do not treat me as common. Don't bring me to the same level you treat other people. Because it, it is disrespect. And as God begins to lead us, as we learn to hear him, his heart is that his children come close to him. But he won't see you to end. You see, when you go to a place and you put a sign, electric, electric, whatever it is, be careful, or warning sign. It is not because they hate you. It's because they love you and they want you to live long. He will say, even if you're going to enter that cabinet, be careful. Because the same thing that makes that place shock is the same thing that provides light. Are we together? Let us rise up. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.